This is Industry Matters, powered by BGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. BGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. BGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, and orthotics and prosthetics industries. In today's episode of Industry Matters, we are talking with Patty Mastandrea, winner of the 2020 HME Woman of the Year Award. Patty Mastandrea is the Chief Executive Officer of MedCare Equipment, located in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. She has more than 30 years of experience in healthcare and has demonstrated expertise in business development and healthcare operations throughout her career. Patty's passion and dedication to the customer is evident in all she does. Patty, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me on your show today. Yes, you're welcome. All right. Well, first off, tell me a little bit about um, who you are and what you do. Oh, sure. Thank you again, Mandy. So my name is Patty Mastandrea. Um, I live here in Western Pennsylvania. I've lived here my entire life. I've always been in healthcare. My passion to get me into healthcare is I wanted to um, be a school teacher um, and my mother wanted me to be a nurse. So I ended up um, going into business management and had the opportunity here in Western Pennsylvania when I came home from college um, to get employed by what was known as Stewart's Medical, um, which is a medical surgical distributor here 2.7 miles from my parents' home. Um, And at that time, my mother was a transplant candidate with the University of Pittsburgh for double double lung. So I had a huge interest on what we could do for her for quality life at home and still be extremely ambulatory. So that was my passion. Um, I worked with Stewart's Medical for over five years and got engaged in um, some VHA contracts and some of the group contracts when healthcare was just really becoming aggressive and reimbursement was being looked at, contracting was being looked at, and patient care was an interest of mine, not necessarily that I wanted to go back and be a nurse, but I wanted to be a voice for the patients of how we can make a difference in the industry. And that is something I've done for the last 25 years is I feel that's what we need to do is DME is an opportunity to really provide patients the opportunity for independence, but also as a leader, be the voice so that the payers understand what the patient's difficulty and struggles are and just the challenges, because sometimes it's not a cookie cutter fit. And because we're so stringent that it's based on hick picks, but there's variables, how do we communicate them and how do we help them with that? And how do we explain, you know, the insurance and what they're eligible for? So um, from Stewart's Medical, I had an opportunity to go to University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and work for them for 10 years in supply chain. Um, And I was in their clinical supply chain and that gave me the opportunity to look at some of the state-of-the-art technologies that were going on and the support products that could really make a difference in patients' lives and just not the patients, the families. And that's where I got a better understanding of just all the different modalities within um, healthcare, such as, you know, we have patients that come into the hospital 
for general procedures and also complex procedures. But then we also have them go to the doctors and how do we get them to live that quality of life? And how do we get them to do proactive care versus reactive care? And get out there the technology for sleep apnea because that was when I got in the industry of DME, it, we were doing maybe 20 CPAPs a month and now we're up towards a thousand setups a month. And we've seen a difference and I've personally seen a difference in patients' lives of a better night's sleep, no headaches. How do we become an advocate? And that is one of the things that I think I echo and to all of our staff all the time is the awareness. If anything we can do every day is make one more patient aware of what's available to them for a better life and independence. So I um, departed UPMC for an opportunity with Excella Health, which is a also a hospital based system that had three hospitals and they had Medicare Equipment Company as one of their entities under their for-profit group. And as I was looking at all the entire spend, because again, I had responsibility for supply chain, um, I grew very interested in what the DME market was and what we could do. And that was about 20 years ago. Um, and it was exactly that. It was a hospital-based DME servicing the beneficiaries really in Westmoreland County. And that's where they had their three hospitals. And we looked at all the opportunities and we were looking at reimbursement and we were trying to determine where is healthcare going and how can we be a part of it? And what did that look like? And at that time, I made the decision to leave the hospital and come over to Medicare full-time because I really thought that was a great opportunity to make a difference and where my mission was. And that's to make sure that I was being a patient advocate, that we were able to make a difference in patients' life and to be a good communicator. Because I think that's critical because I believe where we get the most criticism is when we don't let people know what's going on or where to go. Because it's not something you think about all the time of, oh, I get sick and where am I going to get that? Do you really have a need? And really, I try to have the team excel on customer service because it's the game changer. It's not necessarily the end result of them getting the product. It's how you got them on that journey from the time they identified they had a need because healthcare is not a want. It's a need. You have a need. Do you get it to them and the whole experience? So I have been with Medicare for over 20 years. Um, we went from being owned by just Excella Health Systems to now today we are owned by eight different health systems, um, UPMC being one of the health systems. We have um, over 40 hospitals in our network. Um, we service the entire Keystone State um, of Pennsylvania, so we're all over. We have over 300 employees. And I'm really proud of the organization and the opportunities that have been brought to me. And, um, and I'm really passionate about DME because it gives me the opportunity to be engaged with patients and be an advocate to all of the folks in, at the family level and also at the governmental level to try to make a difference. Patty, I love listening to you because I can hear your passion through this computer, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I, you've hit on so many great points as you've given us the background. So let me ask you a few follow-up questions. Patient advocacy. I love that. How do you do that? How do you do that on a daily basis? So a lot of times, you know, we, pay, we get orders and I always try to go back to basics with the team 
and a lot of the orders, the patients go to the doctors, everything's electronic. So we've kind of, technology is great, but it's caused us to lose that personal touch. And a lot of times patients will call and say, you know, I didn't know I had a financial responsibility or how do I get that? So we have, um, I've implemented where we do a follow-up based on the number of incoming calls that we get, that we do outreach calls to the patients to talk to them to make sure that there's, if they already received service, how was their experience? What we could do differently? Was their insurance explained properly? And also then I make a lot of calls when we have an upset patients, patient to say, did you understand? Did we go over? And honestly, when you can take it down and break it down and compartmentalize it, it really makes a difference. But when we see the changes going on with reimbursement, and I always say to the referral sources, to the payers, they patients don't see that and they don't understand. And it's easy to blame because at that point, you know, we want to do what we need to do to make sure we're well or our loved ones are well. So to break it down and explain to them why. So a lot of times what I try to do is educate the patient and the referral source. This isn't us, but let's work together. And I think that's been our biggest success because we take the time and we don't rush through it. And it's really communication and education. And if for every one person we can educate and then they can teach that and cascade that down, I think that's the game changer for us. Absolutely. You know, communication is key in so many things. And I, and I agree completely that with all the digital, especially now, some of that personal touch is gone and that's hard. So tell me how you excel at this customer service. Obviously, the good communication is a huge component of that. But how else do you work with your team and teach your team about excelling in customer service? So naturally, we always say the patient experience is what we want to grow off of. Um, and we have to also keep in mind we're running a business. So you're faced with many challenges, right? Like I have to look at productivity and customer experience and patient outcome. And how do you do that without blaming somebody else? We didn't, you know, you don't want to get in a habit of saying we didn't get the information from the physician that we needed because you don't want to make the image of the physician or the physician offices to say they didn't do their job. Or we don't want to say, and it's really not blaming, that's my philosophy, let's own it. You know, you don't want to say the payer don't cover that. It's how we can make that patient experience the absolute best from the time we pick up that phone. So how we greet them and how we handle that call also being mindset of we have to do it and do it timely and efficiently, making sure that the person on the phone that's from MedCare represents MedCare in a very positive fashion. And it's all about the experience, but not having a lot of open-ended questions. So it's providing them the education and support. So when they get into a situation being on that phone and they don't know what to do, we've given them technology tools and a, a buddy system that they can go ahead and have a call escalated. And it's all through technology to say, I'm facing these challenges. How do I handle that? While they still are having dialogue with that customer service. The other thing that I've done is we have ongoing education for the entire team on billing, what's new in billing, the challenges, a lot about COVID because we're living in a totally different world right now, right? Everyone's afraid, they don't know don't even understand DME. We're getting questions so many times now is, but this equipment isn't brand new. So I believe we have to continue to educate them and follow up. 
The drivers are the face of the company when they're out in the field and making sure that we have options for being at legislation, be it the payers, be it the patient, be it the referral sources, that they understand what we do and make sure that we do follow up. And we can't always say yes to everything, but we have to have a why behind what decisions we make. And that's what we ask of our customer service. And we support them on that. In addition, making ourselves available. I mean, we're a little bit different than the four walls of the hospital, but we have to be there for our patients. And I have changed our operating hours. We're open seven days a week. Um, we were open eight to eight prior to COVID, but we're still open Monday through Fridays, eight to six thirty, and on Saturdays and Sundays, eight to four thirty, for our referral sources and our patients. And we try to develop programs. And I really encourage the whole team to think outside of the box of, if it was your business, what would you what would you do? What would you change? Or if it was your parents, what would your expectations be for care? And I take it out if we're just providing DME. We want to be part of that continuum of care. So I try to create a different culture that we don't think of ourselves as just being order takers for DME or a driver that's delivering DME. We're part of the continuum of care and being part of that is the experience. Absolutely. I think you've made some amazing improvements and changes to to the industry as a whole, which is obviously why you won the HME Woman of the Year this year. And congratulations. I haven't been able to, to say it um, in person, I guess. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such an honor because this industry, honestly, I don't think um, HME gets enough recognition, although I think it's got recognized much greater now with COVID of being a game changer. But there are so many smart, compassionate people, um, both female and males in this industry. Um, and, and they're all leaders and they're just so bright. But that's the best thing I have had the opportunity in the last 20 years, just to meet great, bright people. And it's so encouraging to see some of the younger folks getting in it and really passionate about it and want to be a game changer. And even though technology is important and I see it enhancing what we do, the compassion and the drive to make sure that our beneficiaries are being taken care of at home and just the technology that's coming out now to be bigger and better things. And we see what oxygen was 20 years ago and the challenges that patients had when they had that and their inability to travel and their inability to really enjoy life to what it is today. It's going to be exciting to see where it is in the next 20 years. Absolutely. So Patty, how do you stay focused and positive on that beneficiary? Like you said, it's still a business at the end of the day, right? You have reimbursement rates you're worried about. You have, you know, all of these other challenges with telehealth and COVID now crashing in on your on your business. How do you and your team, how do you keep your team focused on that beneficiary to say, hey, this is our goal. Let's stay happy, positive and do this. I say all the time, you know, it was it was a real unknown. And what I've learned in through this COVID experiences in healthcare, I think we overanalyze or we used to overanalyze all the time is we would think about it and we would check it and we would go back and rethink it and we would tweak it. And it's really forced all of us to be nimble. Um, I will be honest with you, it was foreign to all of us. And I think there's, it's still very foreign. But you know what? We had to make a decision, and I did. We want to be 
I want MedCare to be here forever because I think it's a game changer. And I think, and I, and I feel confident in saying um, I'm very competitive um, and I want to be in this market and I want to be known as making a difference. And I want this team to be able to make a difference. And I want MedCare to be a leader. And by doing that, that synergy becomes contagious. And we, I was at home on the Sunday, I think it was the 16th or 15th of March. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Because our world was changing so fast. But I had to think of many folks through this. I had to think of how we're going to run our business, how we're going to get referrals, how patients are going to be able to get what they need the way they were getting. How are we going to keep our employees safe? And I will be honest, when I broke it all down and I talked earlier about compartmentalizing, I had to take it from the beginning. One is I had to make sure that I communicated to the patients or the employees and reassured them, it's going to be okay. But I defined their role is they are part of the care team. They are the face of the company. And these patients are as fearful as we are. We don't know. So I gave them, the, to the best of my knowledge and ability, the facts that we had. And it was transparent. And I asked them how it was going in the field. We cared about them. We made sure they had what they need. We made sure that we were asking the right questions. So we put everybody as a priority. There was nobody more important than anybody else. The teamwork that came through for that, I said, I am so proud of every driver that I had during that time, a respiratory therapist for the few days before we got on virtual setups. They became true warriors. They wanted to, they, they embraced the fact that we were able to care for patients at home and embrace the fact that they were a game changer in healthcare during a difficult time. And we're always looking at opportunities and we, we are always saying, how can we do things differently? What else is a different opportunity? Can we be more involved in logistics of getting different products to different patients differently? Can we do more with UPS? So we've looked at our business and said, what else can we do in healthcare to get a box from patient A to patient B or company A to C in a timely way to be help with readmission? So I started working with our payers to say, what are you looking for during telehealth to measure that wasn't being done before? How can Medicare be part of that? Do you send tools to the patient's home? Do you, you know, do you do blood pressure monitoring? Can we help put a, together a kit? Can we do some low unit of measure reprocessing? And we look for new opportunities, that, just new programs like that to keep the business growing, be part of patient care, but be part of the business model for payers to say, we don't want these people to go back to the hospital because that's not where we want them to be. Patients don't want to go back. So how can we continue to help be a game changer and look at increasing and changing our business model by providing different products and services? So we opened the lines of communications up with all of those and said, are you looking for any you know, readmission processes that we can help? How about home spirometer? Can we look at different things? And those communications between me and the referral sources and the payers and the sales team have just really been so positive. And I, I wanna say, yes, we're a DME, but we also are big in long-term care. Um, we do a lot of supplies such as, you know, the incontinence management program. Um, we do very little enteral products because we have a sister company that does that but we do gloves, infection control products, and we nurtured that relationship to say, 
during this time, I know PPE is very difficult to get, but we have some sources to get that. How can we help you? How can we help manage your patients to get them from hospital to facility or facility to home? What can we do? So we just opened up all lines of communication and we said, there's no dumb idea, but let us work on it. So we changed, honestly, our product mix, our business model. Um, and when a patient calls in and says, can you direct me? If we don't do it, we look at opportunities and we actually feel that I feel there's enough business for a lot of people and there's a lot of specialties that if we know somebody else that can help or do some home, home modifications where we can, we pass that on. So I think we've become a valuable resource and I think people are starting to say, can Medicare help? So we're, look, we're viewed a little bit as a way to facilitate the unknown. Patty, it is, again, so easy for me to see and understand why you won this HME Woman of the Year, thinking outside of the box and pushing yourself and your team to constantly do better and to be seen as um, that thought leader. And as you mentioned earlier, to be part of that continuum of care, which is so important, um, especially now as people do come home from, like you said, all of these, all of these different issues that they might be in the hospital for. Any, I could probably talk to you all day long and ask you more questions, but um, for the sake of keeping our podcast a little bit shorter, any last words of advice or words of wisdom that you would like to leave behind? The only thing I would I tell all the new employees or the existing employees, don't be afraid to ask and don't say no um, and don't accept no, because when you really look into it and if you really want to make a difference, Stand up for the challenge. Ask why. Look hard for a solution. And don't be afraid. Perfect way to end. Well, Patty, thank you again so much for your time today. I know you are a busy, busy lady, and we really appreciate it. And congratulations again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting bgm.com forward slash Industry Matters Podcast.